today it is all about rock, 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 rock and roll comic books. Comic books has a long history with rock and rollers, rock and roll acts, pop music from Michael Jackson all the way to the Backstreet Boys. And in between, you've got Gene Simmons and Kiss and Aerosmith and Poison. These rock and rollers, they love their comic books. And just wait till you hear how well they sold. The, the, the one that kicked it all off was an all-time banger. We're going to look at all of these acts and all of these comic books as we kick off our rock and roll comic book series on an all-new Observations. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Observations. I am your host, Rob Liefeld. I have been making the comics, producing the comics, drawing the comics, writing the comics, creating the comics for 39 calendar years. I did not know what to do with my life, so I made comic books. I love comic books. If you listen to this show even once or twice before, you know my passion runs so, so very deep. Comic books are my life. Um, right after my family is comic books or is it flipped? That that's the great mystery. I think my my own family would 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 propose that. Is that really the right order? Bottom line: two things I love the most: family and comics. And I love to talk about comics. I I just appreciate uh, all of you tuning in each and every episode and 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 checking in with me as we review uh, comic books in pop culture their effects on pop culture, their impact on pop culture. Uh, I pulled them off spinner racks at drugstores, at, at food markets, at liquor stores, at 7-Elevens. And then I, I discovered my first direct comic store, a, a store dedicated all the comics. You don't know how much that blew my mind at 12 years old, 1980. Holy spamoli. That was ridiculous. Uh, got into comics, broken when, when I was 18 years old, have, uh, Worked on titles such as Hawk and Dove, The New Mutants, X-Force, Gave the World, Deadpool, Cable, Domino, Shatterstar, Strife, so so many uh, popular characters in the X-Men office was part of kind of a resurgence between myself and my peers. Went off Star Image Comics, did Youngblood and Brigade and Bloodstrike and Profit and and so many more and have done bucket list comics like Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe, uh, doing some really fun covers on Thundercats. Uh, from Dynamite Comics, which you should be on the lookout. I think those are arriving soon. My current project that I want to share with you uh, is is Last Blood. It's called Last Blood. It is direct uh, only through me. You can only get Last Blood comic books through me. Uh, we've been we've been offering them for the last week or so on my Whatnot live streams. Whatnot is an app. I'll tell you more about that at the end of the show and tell you how you can connect with me and get my latest work. It is 28 brand new pages of uh, story and art that is a new chapter of of, uh, of of my life in terms of, of the, the the characters and the world building that I'm doing. I hope very much that you can jump on and participate. But uh, so comic books are a part of my everyday life. I, I am I am drawing something about concerning involving comic books, a cover, an interior page, a sketch, a layout every single day. And twice a week we talk about comics because like I said, I grew up an avid fan. I then, you know, got to be a professional and I did this podcast to see if other people wanted to talk about comic books the way I do. And it turns out so many of you do. Comic books has a rich history. Uh, it, it, it's funny who you, who you meet along the way who are comic book fans. And if you would have uh, maybe guessed by the title of today's shows, uh, shows because it's going to be in two parts, easy, is rock and roll comics. Rock and roll comic books. Uh, 
over the years, I have sat with, met with, uh, purchased as a fan, rock and roll comic books. Uh, artists ranging from Michael Jackson, the Captain EO comic. We are absolutely going to dig into Captain EO. And some of you are like, what is Captain EO? Uh, it, it, it's going to be a great one. It is going to be a fantastic exploration uh, at the peak of his powers, at the peak of all his influence. Captain EO happened in conjunction with Disney. Michael had some serious draw. So Michael Jackson, Captain EO, you had Kiss. Okay, Kiss did not one but two huge Marvel, dedicated Marvel projects, uh, 1977, 1978, but they first appeared in Howard the Duck. They were in it. They made an appearance in Marvel's Howard the Duck comic book. And I'm going to tell you, I've shared with you a couple times on the show that I have uh, met with Gene Simmons. Gene, Gene is a huge, tremendous comic book fan. He grew up with Stan and Jack. He was buying Marvel comics when they hit. He is, uh, he is kind of a first generation Marvel comics guy. So having a Marvel comic of his band, Kiss, uh, in the 70s, I can only imagine was just a dream for him because when I have sat with him, our conversations quickly turn to Stan Lee, Jack Kirby's seminal Fantastic Four run, The Inhumans, Black Panther, The Silver Surfer, Galactus. Those were all things that I have sat knee-to-knee with Gene in his house uh, d- d- discussing his love of comic books and his knowledge of comic books. I think I even mentioned on one of the podcasts, uh, I- I'm not sure which one it is, how he had the option for a while. Gene had the option to make The Inhumans into a movie. This is the early 2000s, the early 2000s. And I'm going to tell you his version of that movie. I may have gone over it in that podcast. Good luck finding it. Uh, it- it's pretty exciting. I think I think that would have made, that would have been a great way to introduce The Inhumans to, to, to the world at large and separated it from what was going on with the X-Men comics at the time. So Gene Simmons, huge fan, should be no secret whatsoever that he insisted on having a comic book of his own with Marvel Comics, uh, two incredible magazine-sized comics, and then uh, would go on to do his own line of comic books, first through McFarlane uh, Productions at Image Comics, then later at Dark Horse, and then later at Platinum. Uh, I mean, Gene loves his Kiss comic books because he is legit... He is a legit comic book lover. Alice Cooper, from the exact era, kind of what we call uh, the maybe the beginning of glam rock. Uh, Alice Cooper was a rock and roller. He was a big-time uh, headliner in the 70s. Some of you are like, Alice who? It's a guy. <laughs> he had a dedicated Alice Cooper comic book, uh, Marvel premiere. And and uh, it was a big deal. Marvel really celebrated. He's on the cover. It's got a... It's got a you know, cover inked by Terry Austin. It's incredible. Uh, Alice Cooper joined the fray. Along, as we go along, uh, you're going to find the Backstreet Boys. The Backstreet Boys did a comic book in the 2000s, early 2000s, with Stanley Productions. I bought it. I bought it at a drugstore because it was prominently marketed on the magazine rack. And I was like, this is pretty good. I, I, you know, look, I, you can hang me. Uh, tell me that you didn't like, I want it that way. Tell me, look me straight in the face and tell me that you didn't drive around somewhere at some point when you were 19, 20, 15, 16, 27, 30, singing I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. Well, they were a giant global phenomenon, so of course they got their own comic book. Along the way, uh, there are two rockers, and uh, we talked, they had a bit of a brushback after following their immediate success. They were the sons of an actor, uh, musician named Ricky Nelson who came up in the 50s, 60s, and uh, the, he, Ricky had two sons, and they called themselves Nelson. That's it. Their, their, their band was Nelson, 
And they had a first album that had about three or four big hits on it. And what that, why am I telling you about Nelson? Because they arrived on the, the, the door of my studio, contacted by a mutual agent manager. They wanted to do a comic book. We sat, we uh, discussed. I, I even like, there were guys in my studio at the time who thought they were being funny and cool. They had been in the studio for about two weeks. They came out to insult them. Hey, I don't really like your music. I, I, I was like, they were lucky that I didn't fire these guys on the spot, but it was just a precursor of the difficulty that this, this, that this particular uh, person would bring throughout his tenure. But it's like, come on, these people are um, our friends. They're our guests. And, and uh, they're here to talk about doing a comic book. And it had an Indian culture. They were very uh, uh, concerned about the native Indians and they, and they very much wanted to do a comic book concerning it. I sat, I listened, it never got off the ground. They went to making a second album. Uh, I, I know that my enthusiasm for their concept was not maybe where it needed to be to, you know, accelerate it and move it forward, but they were really sweet guys. And I even went down and sat with them while they recorded tracks for their second album. But under no circumstances, I don't care if you didn't like uh, what, we, what at the point was called hair metal, you know, the age of warrant and, uh, and, and Skid Row. I mean, you know, handsome guys belting out tunes. Girls loved them. Obviously, Poison was, was on that uh, track as well. But so, so Nelson came to Extreme. Uh, the guys from Poison, minus uh, Brett Michaels, uh, came. And I eventually did a comic book with them. Uh, I think it was called Sisters of Mercy, but Ricky Rocket was hands-on. He would be at Extreme Studios regularly, speaking about comic books and his passion for comic books uh, regularly. So I have actually interacted with so many of these rock and rollers along the way, but that, and that's just the beginning. Aerosmith uh, appeared in a comic book over at Valiant. So the rock and roll culture... Uh, they liked their comic books, and they didn't. They weren't shy expressing their love of the comic books. And so, again, through through my career, and then watching uh, as as the rock and rollers interacted, the Aerosmith's manager, Steve Mazarski, he was the publisher, part owner of Valiant at the time. Uh, he was there. He had long been their manager, uh, in or their entertainment attorney, uh, in in uh, in, in in the music business, and. When we did the Valiant Image bus tour, many of you interacted with us uh, during that time, the Deathmate tour, the, the, their Aerosmith's road manager ran, his name was Glenn, Glenn, they talk with an English accent, Glenn uh, put it together for us. He, he booked our bus tours with giant rock and roll buses in the same way that Aerosmith had booked their tours, except our arenas weren't sold out you know, 60,000 person venues at the time. Cause that, that's when Aerosmith was tremendously, you know, was, was huge. So again, so many different connection connections and a history of rock and roll comics and the talent behind it. And that's, that's what we're going to get a little, a little into today and, and pick at the history of rock and roll comic books, uh, in, in the genre. I, I often talk about to my kids. I talk to my kids about the lack of rock and roll bands I mean, a, a lot of you out there are um, that you float in the same kind of age uh, era that, that I am in. You're, you're likely many of you younger. But, I mean, we grew up, obviously, whether it was Leonard Skinner, the Eagles, uh, you know, Fleetwood Mac, ACDC, Kiss, Van Halen. Uh, we, we had a lot of great bands, great guitar play. 
You never see a band anymore. You never see. I tell, tell my kid. Where, where, I tell my kids all the time. Where, where's your band? And, and don't give me some band that played in Austin this weekend. Okay, I'm talking like with their, you know, with their folk guitar. I'm talking about these guys that shred the way Eddie Van Halen, you know, shredded. Okay, the 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 way that uh, just just the the, the way that that uh. These guys just jumped and performed, and, and of course, it, it 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 translated later into hair metal with Motley Crue and Poison and and Rat and but 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 just go back, like I said, the, the Leonard Skinner. I mean, much less the Stones or the Beatles. I mean, let, let's let's go there. Like, it's a solo act. It's it's a lot of uh, production. Which look, I like a lot. Of, I'm not get off my lawn. There's a lot of modern day music that I listen to. I like The Weeknd. If you're throwing up, I apologize. I like Taylor Swift. Ditto. Uh, I, Bruno Mars. Um, those are just three that, that come to mind. Um, but as far as like rock and roll bands, guys, uh, Steve Vai. I mean, he, he, these guys who could shred, okay, um, and and just just perform. And you know, when I saw the Eagles, uh, who who I understand are, are a little bit of a country rock band, and always have had their roots kind of one foot in both uh, both both rock and country. But they had seven guitars on the stage, and they laughed. Are we against? The legal limit for guitars allowed on a stage in, in a day. Don Henley said, "You know, you're not going to get wind machines. You're not going to get inflatables. You're not. We're not going to be shaking our asses for you tonight." And, and I, th- I took that as a direct shot across the bow to all the acts that were performing at SoFi, many of which I've seen. You know, Taylor Swift with my daughter, Beyonce was there right after that. But um, and you can go, but Rob, you know, um, there's all sorts of of, of guys who perform with car- guitar. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about rock and roll bands. You too, okay. Where it's it, it's like I'm going to tell you why. Here's the big secret, and I've discussed this before, and I've discussed this with my, my my buddies who are my age and a couple of guys who are older, and they lay down the science for me. They're like Rob, <laughs> playing a guitar is a bitch. It is hard. It is difficult. And let me tell you something. I've mentioned this. I think maybe once before. My wife is a very good guitar player. She taught herself in high school, and for the longest time, especially in her 20s, she would bring that damn guitar everywhere because if. You know, maybe there was an opportunity to break out in song or to impress people. But uh, she learned acoustic guitar. She never went to electric. I think she toyed with it. But Joy could sit and was a very good uh, guitar player. And it took years for her to learn. We were we were reminded of this when we were watching uh, the movie. It's called Flora and Son. I highly recommend it. It's a great movie made by John Carney, who made uh, Begin Again, Sing Street, Once. He's so stinking talented. He always has great music incorporated into his movies. Great director, great music, um, you know, musician, songwriter. And Flora and Son, uh, Flora uh, takes takes online guitar lessons because she figures this, she'll she'll pick this up to make her son think she's cool and give her something to do. And uh, and it's these online lessons, and and it's it's uh, my my wife is watching going. There's no way Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays the guitar instructor that she uh, has Zoom lessons with. And my wife was just wa- laughing out loud because she's like, it's so hard. And they, they they hint at how hard it is in the movie. But again, Joy is laughing. And now, and now much less, let's get to the, the, the level of, you know, the, the stories about Eddie Van Halen is his parents had to bust down the door in the bathroom to get to him because he'd lock himself in there to practice uh, electric guitar against their wishes because they hated the sound and sometimes to skip school and other functions. He was obsessed with becoming the best and in fact did become the best. Uh, R.I.P. Eddie Van Halen, your, your music will live forever. But guitar rock 
is difficult. Again, huge shout out to the, the Florence Sun movie. Great. It's on, uh, you can buy it on demand. Maybe it's on a streaming service by, by this time. I, I'm not really sure. But the bottom line is uh, the, uh, the cool thing is that it's just, it, it's, not, it's not terribly uh, common nowadays to see. I, I, I mean, you guys, I, I had three kids go through junior high and high school. One has completed college. At no point did any of them tell me, oh, my buddy's in a band. <laughs> I'm like, wasn't somebody, didn't you know somebody in high school in the 80s and 90s that were in a, in, in a band and they were playing gigs? Uh, my kids, and we, they've gone to some of the bigger high schools and institutions around here. Nobody. Uh, I'm like, where's the bands? And they just look at me blank like, what do you mean? What do you mean where's the band? So, but the age of rock was well represented in, in comic books. And like I said, no less by, I, I really believe that the Kiss comic was probably the biggest. I can tell you right now, the Kiss comic book sold just shy of a million comics. It got a ton of press. Now, you understand they had also done a movie. Kiss was really grabbing uh, every aspect of their, uh, maximizing their image as creatures with with their different, you know, uh, uh, images, the demon, you know, the cat, the the, the spaceman, whatever. You're going to go, no, Robert's not called the spaceman. Whatever, Paul Stanley. Uh, Look, those images they took with people, and here's the other thing you need to know about Kiss, so many of their album covers were illustrated, and some of them were by fantasy illustrators, so they're already communicating to you, like, we like fantasy, uh, we like fantasy, you know, painted images of our, ourselves, our, to represent us, and, 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 and all of the different illustrations that they put forth, many would get ads in Marvel Comics. They would buy ads in Marvel Comics for their latest Marvel releases. So if you were flipping through a comic book in 1976, 77, you, chances are you saw a bunch of Kiss record albums. And I'm not going to lie to you, Gene Simmons as the demon was uh, a visceral you know, uh, image that I reacted to on the same level that I would react to a character such as Wolverine or Timberwolf. I dug it. He was cool. He was the standout. And with his big tongue and his fangs and breathing fire on, uh, you know, on his axe. And I've already covered how it's because of him that I lit my arm on fire with kerosene uh, as a kid. Never never got burned. Very, very fortunate. Please do not try this at home. Please do not try that at home. One more time. Please do not try that at home. But that was my childhood. So they, they already lived in this world of fantasy paintings on their covers and illustrations and cartoon imagery of them. So uh, then they had a TV movie. I think it's called Phantom of the Park and where they hunt down uh, some ongoings at an amusement park. And it's funny and it's exactly what you would expect from a 1970s two-hour TV movie. But it got tons of promotion because everything they did got tons of promotion because they were of a time. They were of a time where, you know, the, and we've talked about being of a time here, and 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 the time reflected very positively for them. They were very popular, very very well received. So of course they're going to do a comic book, and I'm going to tell you these covers, these painted covers for their two, the Marvel Super uh, Special Edition number one, whatever it's called with Kiss. In case you're not aware, they did a news break. Uh, they did a big news story where this book would not just be a comic book, mind you. You would have a piece of Kiss with you because each member. Uh, donated blood to be mixed in with the ink that would then go on to print the comics. Genius marketing. They, they were genius marketeers. Having sat with Gene and, uh, and and talking with him about that in, in the early 2000s at his home, 
Uh, and yes, Shannon Tweed answered the door and and led me to meet Gene, and she's lovely. And I walked past his kids, and Gene, he, he is an OG. He is he may he, he actually may be a gangster. He's such a badass, honestly. And he's got that voice, and he's very intimidating. I'm just, uh, sit, sit right here, Rob. Let's let's talk. Oh, the, the blood was my idea. The the, bl- the blood was my idea, Rob. I, it, 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 I I knew it would hit. He uh, was very excited to tell me that the blood, you know, was was something he wanted to do. He felt he felt it would give them an extra leg up, and it did. I got my last copy of the drugstore of the first Kiss Super Edition. Again, the news newspapers covered it. They had the photos of the guys, um, you know, delivering the blood to the printer. They had they had uh, you know news news breaks. You know, it was in the entertainment section of the news at, at night on all the, the 5 o'clock, the 6 o'clock, the, the 11 o'clock. And so you were well-versed. You were aware of this. It became kind of a collector's gimmicky item. It was great. I got a beat-up copy, the last one at the drugstore. You know, because the other thing about the newsstand is we don't <laughs> we don't talk much. We don't talk enough about how few comics are racked in each and every rung and on the news on the newsstand. We're talking two or three. If, if your guy... Whoever was running the drugstore, the liquor store, the the grocery mart, if they bought more than three copies, that was a big deal in the heyday of the Burn Austin X-Men on the newsstand. Days of Future Past, which I encountered on the newsstand. Um, Seven copies? Seven copies was a lot. That was a top-selling book, and and, and you wanted to find the best condition. So, of course, I was digging behind other uh, magazines that day, looking, you know, at the other th- rungs on the on the on the newsstand display, this wasn't on a spinner rack. The drugstore just had magazines like Sports Illustrated, Time, Life, um, Newsweek, and and so down on the lower level was your you know Guns and Ammo, your 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 genre magazines, um, Vampirilla, and 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 I saw the Marvel, you know, Kiss magazine because it was a magazine, it wasn't a comic book, it was a magazine edition size, and uh, I, I I saw that this one copy was really beat people would read them in the store and put them back. I mean, that that's, you know, take a copy, wander down an aisle. Occasionally, you would get the guy that said, hey, it's not a library. I've witnessed that because I didn't want to be that guy that was told that, but some of my friends absolutely were like, I'm just checking it out. Well, buy it, then you can read it. Well, this one was worn. This one was absolutely, maybe it was beat on arrival. Who knows? But I got my copy. I went home and I consumed it. And that particularly... That that particular uh, Kiss magazine was uh, the original number one, released in 1977. Was written by Steve Gerber, Alan Weiss, uh, story by, with John Buscema, Rich Buckler, Sal Buscema, and Al Milgram com- com- contributing to the pages. Great action shots, you know, comic book shots of each of the guys um, featured in 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 the comic book, they looked like Marvel Comics heroes. They had powers. It absolutely a thousand percent rang my bell and gave me uh, all of the satisfaction, even though it was a beat up copy. Again, uh, nine hundred thousand reported print one on that bad boy. That's a lot. The actual the actual credits for that issue read re- written and produced. Four Marvel Comics by Steve Gerber. He gets his own masthead. Then we've got art by Alan Weiss, uh, John Buscema, as I stated, uh, Rich Buckler, and Sal Buscema. And Al Milgram was a also a uh, 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 an inker, embellisher, contributed. Uh, like I said, it, it's it's. I, I think it's a fun read. I, I think it's a really fun read. Um, they, they each are activated by these different totems. The guys when they turn into their different, you know. 
I guess today we'd call them avatars. Uh, again, great shots of Gene stomping, breathing fire, uh, <laughs> and and uh, Paul looking particularly glamorous. It's it's interesting because I can totally tell and see where the Alan Weiss stuff is, where the John Buscema stuff is. Um, Doctor Doom pops up. They are in the Marvel Universe and, in fact, interacting with the Avengers. You didn't you didn't see that coming, did you? The the uh, the the Avengers are sitting at a table, a jo- you know, meeting uh, a, 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 about Kiss and and uh, and their existence within within the Marvel Universe. So this is, uh, I mean, it, it is a big time hoot. There's a magazine article and. Uh, about the guys and gives you backgrounds where no band has tread before the history and complete discography discography of kiss uh then you go into chapter two and once again uh now it looks more like john buscema sal buscema and they are in hell encountering mephisto so it's not just a kiss comic book it's a kiss comic book with them interacting and, and again as i said knowing gene's incredible passion for marvel comics that this this was truly a a labor of love um there's there's a chapter three there's a chapter chapter four again they are acting out they are battling doom bots um they are in the snow they are on the slopes gene gets to punch uh dr doom and 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 have a face off with him. It is, it is just an absolute riot. I would highly recommend. These are not cheap. So I I I I know they did a collection of them in the nineties. I think that collection is hard to come by as well. But no band I think better suited themselves for this treatment than Kiss and this uh, nineteen seventy seven Marvel Comics Super Special Number One uh, is is for 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 my money. It's it's it was worth the bucks. I I dug my beat up copy. Again, I loved Kiss. Now, I've mentioned this one time before when we talked about uh, about about rock and roll and Kiss and the religious right was really up in arms. We talked a little about this in, in my Doom Tomb of Dracula episodes. The religious right was absolutely up in arms. They were uh, freaking out about. Uh, they they thought it was a complete you know uh, Trojan horse for worshiping the devil. <laughs> Tell that to Sherry and Rob Liefeld. Our dad is a pastor, and my sister has eight tracks of Kiss all over the floor of her car, and we would listen to them uh, routinely. Look, the best one of my one of my favorite um, use of Kiss songs is the opening of uh, of Dazed and Confused, and uh, and and they they, they have uh, they have so much. Schools out for summer, uh, you know, rock and roll. Uh, let me. Uh, Detroit Rock City. Detroit Rock City. Of course, in the movie Detroit Rock City, about a bunch of kids trying to get to see Kiss. I was actually at that premiere. My buddy Brian Witten produced it, produced the movie, and Kiss played. I took Ian Churchill of comic book fame. I took him to the premiere. Uh, we saw in the movie, but everyone was excited. They had erected a giant state, uh, a, a giant platform, elevated platform, and Kiss performed four songs at the after party in full costume. It was so fantastic. These guys have always known how to market themselves, and the blood in the ink, and uh, and and this comic book just served to capitalize on everything that they had been working up, you know, towards. Now here's the deal: the religious right, again, looking at them as a Trojan horse for satanic beliefs, uh, called it kings in Satan's service, knights in Satan's service. That's what they said. Kiss stands for. It was so funny that that. <laughs> Uh, let, let me see. Uh, 
Kenneth, Matthew, Nathan, Paul, uh, those were just a bu- uh, four of my school friends at home on my neighborhood. I had Mike, Mondo, another Mike, Craig, and Eddie. Not one of us, and some, in between all of that, is we're, we're, a fair amount of us were churched. Nobody was deterred. That just made us want to like kiss more. We were not deterred. We thought they were cool. And no matter how much, it's, it's, that, it's that thing that no matter how much your, your mom and dad d- dislike something, you're going to like it. It, it there was, they certainly fed into the rebellion of the time. Moved a ton of albums, had a, had a bunch of hits. And, uh, you know, uh, I Want to Rock and Roll All Night is an all-time banger. There is never a time that it doesn't come on that I absolutely dig it. Uh, so, so, so this was the perfect, you know, it just all the worlds collided. They were at the uh, apex of their popularity, announced that they were putting their blood in the ink. They got to battle uh, Mephisto and Doctor Doom and fully interact with the Marvel Universe. The Avengers are keeping tabs on them. Really fun comic, not a cheap one. Uh, I've seen some slabbed ones. I know this stuff is uh, is is very much, uh, you know, on the rare side of things, even though there's maybe 900,000 copies if if a portion of them are as beat as the one that I bought off the drugstore, you know, just now just remove, you know, any uh any availability in that regard. So Kiss uh did this first special and clearly because of the uh the success of it, I mean it was back for for seconds, back for round 2. The uh the original painted cover to Kiss number 1 was by Alan Weiss. They're all kind of doing their it, it it very much functions more like a record album cover, doing their kind of poses and uh, kind of in the air. And it was painted over by Gray Morrow, who was an exceptional talent that we don't give enough lip service here at Rob's Observations too. The the fifth uh, Marvel spe- comic special, super special uh, edition, uh, the the second appearance of 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 given their own magazine again. They they appeared originally in in, in Howard the Duck. Uh, is a brilliant cover by Bob Larkin, a classic comic book trope where the villain is holding up his hand in the foreground and all of the KISS members are struggling in the grasp, uh, slipping between the fingers, hanging on. Uh, it's it's by great, just amazing uh, illustrator, fantasy superhero illustrator, Bob Larkin. This one really jumped. This was a little easier to get. It it, it was nowhere near as uh, as much as the first one because you can you can't, Bottled up and 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 catch you, know, you can't catch lightning in a bottle t- once, uh, twice. <laughs> you can't catch lightning in a bottle twice. But but certainly the success of the first one, you know, even if this, this did a fraction, it was extremely uh, successful for Marvel and worth giving another shot. It was called the Land of Kicks. K Y K H Y S C Z Kicks. Um, this one was written by Ralph Macchio and Alan Weiss, who clearly you get the you get the. Uh, you get the idea from Alan Weiss being on both of them in, in, in several different capacities, covers, plot, story, pencils, that he was a giant fan probably driving so much of this. Uh, pencils by John Romita Jr., inks by Tony DeZuninga, uh, and again, Bob Larkin uh, did, 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 the, uh, did the cover. You know, the other thing, you guys, is the cover price on these bad boys was a buck fifty. Can you believe that? A buck fifty got you like forty plus pages of magazine articles. Uh Kiss again went on to do the Psycho Circus comics with Todd. I just remember 
at that point, my Kiss fever was over. That was the late 90s. But I was I was happy for Gene and the boys that they were doing those comics. Angel Medina, I remember, did a lot of uh, of at least the covers, maybe the interiors. I, I, again, people loved working with these guys. These guys are special. They, they, they especially to to at the time, if you were 30 in the 90s and you were in your you know anywhere from 10 to 15 when you encountered them in the 70s, they held a very special place. Gene was aware of that. That's why I. I mean, again, Dark Horse would follow and take up the license. IDW, Platinum, almost every publisher has had their at-bat with Kiss. And there's a reason for it. The editorial uh, components, the people, the, the, the management, they have a fondness. And, and they know that Gene is a tremendous salesman. Gene has gifted us the, the best seats. We had second row uh, seats in, in uh, 2000. Uh, for them at Dodger Stadium, and I think Joy, who wasn't expecting to love them, loved them, and uh, we, we, we've been able to see them often, uh, as, as he has always been very generous in giving us good seats. Again, the, the, the funnest, really, it was fun in, in downtown Westwood, uh, between the theaters and 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 where they built the 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 platform, the the you know stage, elevated stage for them to pre- perform after Detroit Rock, uh, the the movie Detroit Rock City, uh, just just. Great. Again, uh, adding to the comic book lore of it all. Like I said, Ian Churchill took him. I'm not sure what he made of it, but hopefully he has a good memory of that uh, and that experience. But this was scratching the surface at Rock and Roll Comics. Uh, They live, they breathe. They're here. You can't get rid of them. Uh, There's a whole history of them. And like I said, the second uh, Kiss book was fun, but, but, but didn't have the same kind of cultural impact and the, wait, what? You know, kisses with Doctor Doom and 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 with Mephisto and the Avengers. It really, again, the, it, the, it's why when Foreigner sings about it feels like the first time. It, it, it's why the first time is so special. Okay, um, and 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 that first kiss one uh, just had all the fanfare, all the success, and is an actually really good comic. J- just one thing to note again in the in the uh, in both super specials, a little little uh, more clear in the. Uh, in, in the in the in the in the second issue is when they uh, when when you see that they get their powers distributed by these talismans these totems that each of them hold they they get them out of out of a box and they realize like oh man you know uh, we we have to utilize our powers and they they get the totems and they turn to kiss and you know John John Romita Jr. this is early in his career so this is very uh, perfunctory art. It doesn't have near the splash and the razzmatazz as the first issue did. Um, again, each of them get, gets into action. Paul blasts from his eye. Gene breathes fire, throws people around. Um, the cat does what you'd expect the cat to do, be extremely agile. Um, the uh, These are uh, incredible. And look, again, if I messed up your and gave people the wrong names, you know, sue me. Uh, I, 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 I'm flying by the seat of my pants when, when I do these books. Uh, so, so, so not as much interaction, if any at all with the Marvel superheroes in the second one, they are just battling evil wizards and hijinks and, and, uh, but it's a lot of story. Again, I think it's 48 pages worth of story against this evil wizard. And, you know, at the end, Ace and, and Paul and, uh, and Gene, they, 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 uh, Peter, they all put their talismans back in the box and go about being their, you know, uh, young twenty hunky selves, and and they'll they'll return again to battle evil. Uh, again, th- this one's much more. Uh, the word perfunctory fits. It's it's decent. It's it's well done. The first one has flair. 
with Alan Weiss on board doing the big shots because Alan could really draw great figures and, uh, and, and do great renders. And Alan definitely came from the school of Neil Adams. So he wanted to position figures and faces and get what we call money shots, sometimes called jerk shots. And uh, the, the, the first one is, is littered with those. This one is very much by the book, uh, Young John Romita Jr., just one, two, three, four, five panels, one, two, three, four, five panels, um, get you through the story. Got, got some you know, great gestures, great action, great, great uh, battles going on. But, but the first one, I believe, is the winner and the still champion, although the second one has a kick-ass, kick-ass cover. Uh, like I said, it was cool. To hang with Gene, probably haven't seen him in about a decade. The last time I interacted with him was at a industry function up up in L.A., but uh, always very sarcastic. Got that really, really sharp wit. Got that tremendous voice and, uh, I mean, just his speaking voice. But I just love how much he loved comics and my childhood uh, between the Phantom of the Park... And uh, these these Marvel specials, these Marvel uh, comic books, literally within like a year, a hundred pages of, of 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 kissing comic books, it was just a, a a great kickoff to the era that would be the rock and roll comic books. We will be back and revisit this uh, in the future when we get to MJ. I got some great stories that actually really speak to the machismo and the alpha dog that you have no idea deep underneath that high-pitched voice that Michael Jackson uh, contained, this dude, uh, he was an alpha. But uh, So that, that, that is our, our, our toe, dipping our toe into Kiss. Did you love Kiss? Did, you get, was, was, did, your, did your brother, did, did your parents, you know, given the range of, in, uh, of age, you know, I would love to know uh, if, if you were even aware of these Marvel Special Editions in the 70s, whether you've ever seen them, interacted with them, did you buy their albums, have you seen them in concert? Uh, rock and roll comics. We're going to cover a lot of ground when these episodes pop up. Thank you, as always, for listening and participating. When we reach uh, this point uh, in each episode, I am always so excited to read the reviews that you've left for me on the Apple platforms and the uh, different uh, just reviews, the comments that you you make. I, I have to go out of my way. I, I believe you deserve to be uh, given gratitude for pulling out your keyboards, typing up these uh, reviews and sending them. And they just help us our show so much. They help elevate us. They help uh, give us a great a greater uh, recognition and a greater positioning on the platform. And I just thank you for each and every review that you all have been sending. Uh, today, I'm going to read a review uh, from Baltimore Dave. Baltimore Dave 31 says, fun listen, five stars. This was just recently left. It said, uh, he says, unlike so many of the listeners to the podcast, I have not really followed Rob's work, either his Marvel comics or his Image comics work. But I get a kick listening to his stories about. I get a kick listening to his stories about his stories making and reading comic books. What I find refreshing is Rob's positivity. In a time when everyone goes online to complain about the shows, the movies, the music, or comic books that they read or watch, it is refreshing to listen to someone who enjoys what he reads and does not go out of his way to badmouth or complain about the stuff that he doesn't like. Even if I don't see eye to eye on Rob's take on something, he is still a great listen and has fascinating insights into the comics industry and makes me want to read the comic books that he's made. Wow. This from a totally different angle. Let me tell you, absolutely honored, thrilled to receive this. Uh, to receive these sentiments. Thank you, Baltimore Dave. I am just, again, I am all about the positivity. Look, sometimes you're going to have a book like 
Neil Gaiman versus Todd that is so mired in facts and court reporting that you got to share it. And the results happened and that that falls where it may. And and and, and I try and look at it for the humor and things. Uh, so, so there are some stuff that is going to, you know, sometimes fall in, in, in kind of an iffy, is this negative? Is this positive? But we try and keep it upbeat here. And uh, I, I've got to tell you, some some people, and I appreciate all of you who you suggest stories that you may or may not think or that you think I may or may not be aware of. And in many cases, actually all of them I am. And I've told you that's too negative for me. I believe that's a negative, that that's too negative to go on that person and to rag on that person. I'm not interested in that, but I am interested in putting out good vibes. And thank you, Baltimore Dave, for um, enjoying the show, for writing that you enjoy the show and sending it and posting it. And I, I hope this uh, reading of your review reaches you because I enjoyed reading it. I enjoyed uh, accepting it. And I thank you. And I hope that you do check out not just my work, but all sorts of great comic book work because Lord knows there's a ton of great stuff out there to interact with over the course of the comic books of comic book history. There are so many incredible gems. When you guys read, uh, when you guys leave a review, I will read it here on air. Uh, generally at the end of the show, sometimes I've been working it into the beginning of the show. We'll see how that continues to go. I appreciate you all so much for listening and for sharing your experience, for turning other people onto it, stores that play the show. I appreciate you so much. Um, just again, thanks for the enthusiasm, uh, that, 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 that you guys have shown and the support. And since we came back in January, we have been number one every single week. We are the number one comic book podcast. Even if we were knocked off for a two days, you cannot beat that the entire month of January. We were number one the entirety of January. And I am so excited. That is a big deal. There are lots of comic book shows. We are um, just fortunate that we are doing the kind of uh, audience numbers and the growth is just continues to be there. And I just thank you so much for it. On social media, I would invite you to follow me. I am... On the former the platform formerly known as Twitter, now called X, I am at Robert Liefeld, R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. I have a blue check that signifies that I am legit, that I am the real deal, that I am verified. That is me you're talking to. Uh, I, I love interacting with you, our, 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 com- our commentary, our discussions. I read your DMs. I read your replies. I so enjoy the interactivity that that platform pr- provides for us, and I'm on it quite a bit. I think it's an easy, you know, uh, uh, platform to jump in and out of. Uh, I've been pre- previewing so much of whether it's the Thundercats cover, whether it's the Last Blood, whether it's my upcoming Marvel work. I love sharing it with you guys on that and, and giving you guys a sneak peek. So continue to reach out to me. Follow me on Twitter at Robert Liefeld. Full name, blue check, that's me. Over on Instagram, one of my favorite, one of my absolute favorite platforms. I am having the best time. I show you... Uh, the art that I'm making, the people that I'm hanging with, my family, the food, the events, the stuff, some memories. I love Instagram. I think it's one of the best and most positive of all the social networks, in my humble opinion. And I enjoy so much, again, interacting with you, with your replies, your mentions, your commentary, and your DMs. I try and get to each and every one of you. I've um, replied to so many of you over the many years. Uh, catch me there. I give you, again, previews of different uh, art and projects and and stuff that I'm going on. I try and load up videos when I can think about it uh, of, of, of process of me either drawing or inking. So welcome to, you're welcome to follow me over on Instagram. I am at Rob Liefeld. It's just R-O-B-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. I just got, Ro- I got Rob Liefeld uh, on Instagram with a blue check again, signifying that it is legit. It is me. That is, you are, you are talking to the real deal. I look forward to seeing you over there on Facebook. There, Facebook, we have a group. We would love to invite you to be part of the group. So much of what we discuss on Facebook is an extension of what we do here. 
the commentary, the 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 subjects that we that, that we speak of. Um, the group, the Facebook group is called Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond. Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond. I would invite for you to join us and to hang out with us. And and I uh, I would I would love to see you over there. Invite you. I have a co administrator who moderates the group with me. His name's Terry Sala, S-A-L-A. You'll either see himself or, or me. We will be the ones that click you on through. The vibes are super positive. Uh, a lot of my current projects, I'm giving more information through there as well. We discuss tons of comic book stuff. Uh, we, we have art contests. Terry runs an art contest regularly with incredible artists competing. The The winners are chosen by vote. It's very interactive. I am I am on there all the time as well. Uh, giving you previews, giving you interactions, responding to some of your questions. Some of you guys get on there and you say, hey, Rob, is this really your signature? And I'm like, I'm so happy to say, yes, that is absolutely my signature because my signature has evolved. And I can tell you, I can tell you at what point in each stage of my career, it's just stuff like that. But so much of, again, what we discuss here is carried on through there in that group, Marvel, I'm sorry, Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond is the Facebook group. Uh, Go over to Facebook, check it out, join us. We would love to have you. Now, what is this last book, last blood comic book that i am um, sharing with you it is uh, still heavily under wraps we shared it and released it into the world blind i wouldn't show anybody a single page i didn't want to spoil anything and it is it has turned out to be great because people want to go back to a time as i said to my i say to my family my wife i said i didn't know it was coming in the next issue of x-men i didn't know it was coming in the next issue of avengers they were blind we didn't get three page previews we didn't go get online you know five page preview that weekend uh briefs we didn't get a bunch of pages in a catalog to spoil it you just knew it was coming and you got it. But Last Blood, Rob Liefeld, Last Blood, has the full time, full title of the comic, uh, has been uh, doing its job, shocking people, giving that full uh, revelation and 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 surprising people. And 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 they are so enjoying it. And that and that's what I set out to do. It it kind of sets up a new corner of my universe. It it uh, if somebody's going to do the end of this universe, it had to make me right. And I believe I'm still doing work that is strong. That's the word that I, I believe I can say with great conviction. I still believe that I am doing strong work. And while I'm doing it, I want to tell these stories and get these to you. 10 pages of the second issue are already complete. I, I anticipate going to press with that book in a month and getting that book in your hands. But right now we have manga editions. You have to watch the show on whatnot to see uh, what it looks like because these books, Last Blood, are available only through an app on my live stream. I, I'm on whatnot, one of the greatest collectible apps for trading cards, game cards, comics, manga, toys, Funkos, whatnot. Go to your store, download whatnot. Look for me once you get it. Search Rob Liefeld. Search my account. Make sure you follow me so you'll be notified when I go live because when I do go live and so much product is coming out, the Thundercats, I did a number of new covers for them, uh, s- s- some variants, and you're going to want to participate in those. We're going to have signed copies on my show of all my new Thundercats work. The Last Blood is exclusively available uh, from me. We've already had launch editions sold out. We've had uh, two different versions of an illustrated cover sold out. We had manga editions sold out. Now, we're doing new editions, but those those particular covers and those launch editions, the trade dress, the design, those are gone. Those are done. You won't get your hands on those again. So follow me on WhatNot to stay up to date and get uh, alerts as to when I am going to go on my live stream and and give you the exclusive the opportunity to get this exclusive product. It is only available through my live streams. Nowhere else at this time. We are setting up a retail program, but we are still a few weeks away from fully um, enacting that. So I look forward for you 
Uh, I look forward to seeing you over on Whatnot. I cannot wait to share all of the cool stuff that we have going on. Tons of exclusive, tons of variants. I also sign Remark Comics. Find out what a blood splatter Liefeld chisel is, a drop shadow chisel. Um, I've, I've, I've got a whole bunch of uh, original signatures and, uh, and, and, and ways that I remark on Funko Pops, on toy packaging, uh, on, on, on bags from Loungefly. We've got it all. Check it out. I, I would love for you to join us. Uh, it is me looking right at you for the entirety of the show. It is me looking right at you. So you'll see me. Uh, and, and, and some people say it's kind of a live version of this podcast. I, I think I'm slightly more unhinged because I'm more calm down here in, in the mornings when I'm doing the show. So look forward. Look, follow me, Rob Liefeld, over on Whatnot, and I hope to see you there soon. You guys, as we shut it down, I hope that you're, you're doing well. I hope you are um, navigating life successfully, that your emotional, your physical, your spiritual, and your mental health is exactly where it wants and needs to be. Spend time with your family. Spend time with your friends. Great meals. Great candy. Reese's Big Cups. You know I said it. I just said it there right at the beginning. Reese's Big Cups. Can't get enough of them. One a day keeps, uh, I'm not sure it keeps the dentist away. I love them. But whatever it is, guys, go out and get a great milkshake. Go out and have ice cream with your buddies. Go to, to, to a great restaurant, pasta, lasagna. Um, my kids are so into sushi and, and noodles and Indian food. And, and we, we, we just have the, the most international cuisine going on in the Liefeld house. I'm not sure that I in, in involve myself with all of it, but I love watching them. And again, food gives them so much excitement, especially when it's shared with friends. I want you to be with your friends, be with your loved ones, and know that we're looking out for you. We're rooting, rooting for you. I am hoping the very best for you. Fist bump, boom, through the blue Yeti microphone that I am speaking into all the way out into the universe to find you and give you a pat in the back and give you a hug and give you a thumbs up. You're doing great. Stay at it. Thank you again for listening. Please do not go anywhere. Do not leave. Circle back around. Find me because we will most let me start over. We will absolutely, most definitely, and certainly talk again real soon.